Welcome everyone to the Pro Football Doc Week 14 podcast. I'm Thomas Casali, joined by Pro Football Doc David Chow. Doc, how you doing today? Good. One more Week 13 game, then on to Week 14. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Almost Christmas. It's uh, season flies by. College football regular season's done already. It's uh, football doesn't last long. Really goes fast. So, Doc. Unfortunately, though, Week 13 did not get did not end without some major injuries. Uh, we got some big names on the on the shelf after this week. Uh, one that happened early on Sunday: Vikings receiver Adam Thielen, um, high ankle sprain. It did not look good on video. I, I know you uh, call high ankle sprain right away. What are you seeing on Thielen, and how long do you think he might be out with that? Well, if you look at the video here, we tweeted this in-game where he got his left ankle trapped right there. Uh, Small tweak to the right ankle, but it was the left ankle that got trapped. And he went off the field under his own power, and we said high ankle sprain and said Thursday, this Thursday, Week 14 game against the Steelers, he's not going to make it. And I think that's going to hold. Now, I get it. Thomas, you know, we always say this, right? Judge the injury, not the reaction. Mm-hmm. Well, Adam Thielen goes in the tent, gets taped, comes out, and while we're putting up, he's not returning to this game and is not going to play Thursday. Everyone's saying he's jogging on the sideline. He's out there. He's going to come back. But he did not come back to play at all because it's one thing to jog on the sideline. It's another to plant and cut and be an NFL wide receiver. And clearly there, as you saw by video, that was a high ankle sprain. So I always stick to my guns and judge video. I don't judge reaction. I don't judge reports. And we'll probably talk about that with Logan Thomas and other things as well. But pretty clearly, it's a high ankle sprain for Adam Thielen. So for this Thursday, as we look ahead, no Adam Thielen, no Dalvin Cook. And quite honestly, we're looking into, but how many of the top five five top Defenders were out for the Vikings this week, which is why we were kind of saying by six score and trends and field view that the Lions had a shot to get lucky, and they, and they did. You know, there was no Patrick Peterson, no Everson Griffin, no Daniel Hunter, no Eric Kendricks, no uh, Anthony Barr. That's, that's a lot of uh, talent on the Vikings defense. It sure is. And make sure you go to our website, profootballdoc.com. That's going to be changing soon. We'll have an announcement coming up pretty soon here, Doc. Um, <laughs> at profootballdoc on Twitter. Uh, we got You're getting rid of my name. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> we're not completely getting rid of Hey, that was your call, by the way. Um, so, But, no, we're going to have, like, like you mentioned, uh, and I say it every week, the, the six scores are good, not just for guys like Thielen, but you mentioned the defense on uh, – on Minnesota having a lot of injuries and you know the Lions don't score a ton of points typically but they were able to move the ball especially late in the game when they had to on a, on that injury riddled defense so that's the kind of stuff that um that, that we provide for you with the six scores and make sure to subscribe uh we have videos up all week on the on the major injuries now doc before we get into some quarterbacks here just want to ask you one quick question because this is something we're going to be bringing up a lot over the next few weeks late in the season teams that are out of it. Now, I know the Vikings aren't out of it. They just suffered a bad loss, but does that come into play when you're looking at guys like Thielen? Let's not rush him back. Well, it comes into play late season. It comes into play early season. Look, we've always said return to play. There's the medical, 
there's the player and there's the team. And team dynamics are different. Look, there are dozens of team executives, two dozen coaches. I mean, all they do is live and breathe football. You can call it micromanaging, but that's their job to like make sure everything and take take care of every advantage. Um, there are twenty four seven job is this, and so they think about all these different angles. Gee, when's the buy? When's the next opponent? Scheme wise, what do we need? Contractually, what does this mean? Or free agent wise, who's coming up above beneath them? Where are we at with what's going on? The true health story. All of it is factored in. And anyone that tells you that it's late season and that means they're going to sit somebody doesn't know the NFL. The dynamics go much deeper than that. For example, if it is a coach who's on the hot seat and it's late season, it might not matter. That coach is not worried about tanking for a draft pick, okay? Because he's worried about what he's got to do to keep his job. And it's the same thing when I talk injuries, you know. Uh, oh, it's a grade two MCL, so that's two to four weeks. Mm, not so much. We talked about Zach Wilson. Okay, it's a PCL, it's two to four weeks, but I think it's going to be four or longer because of X, Y, and Z. It's the customization part, I think, that people overlook, and quite honestly, why we can provide a service instead of an algorithm. Yeah, and uh, the other thing, Doc, which you know, of course, from being in the NFL is, NFL players are built differently. I mean, these guys don't want to sit, right? Especially a guy like Thielen, who who's always um, over. Oh, he wasn't a high draft pick. He's always, you know, fought for what he's got. This guy's tough. That's why you saw him on the sidelines, you know, trying to get back in the game and, and, and being a good teammate, right? Yeah, he right. didn't want to watch from inside. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm out here. And quite honestly, could he have gone back into the game as an emergency guy? He probably could have as an emergency guy, right? I mean, right. Uh, I don't care if he's got the worst high ankle sprain in the world. He's three times faster than I am. I mean, and, and obviously 37 times better hands. I mean, look, he could have done something. He just wasn't going to be able to be anything close to Adam Thielen. All right, Doc. Well, there's some quarterbacks who um, who are hurting. It's December. We're going to have some, you know, we're going to have quarterbacks beat up. I think the one that we got to get to first is Joe Burrow from the Bengals. Uh, Bengals lost yesterday. Burrow had that just awful looking uh, pinky finger injury on his throwing <laughs> hand. Uh, before the injury, two for two, 17 yards. After the injury, he ended up 22 for 38, 283 yards, uh, one TD, uh, one rushing touchdown, and uh, two interceptions. Uh, you know, I was watching that game closely. It, 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 you could see they showed video on the sidelines, and I know you said don't judge reaction, but you could you could see that he was in pain when he was throwing on the sideline. So. Joe Burrow, another one of those guys, all guts, right? Yeah, people love him because because of the way he plays. So you know he's going to try to get in there. But how does this affect his throwing? Because you were right on the money with Russell Wilson and his grip when he came back. Well, look, first of all, I thought we were, we were finally done talking about pinkies, pinky toes yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. It's the year of the, right? it's I mean, the, year of the pinky. <laughs> now we're talking about pinky fingers. I mean, yeah. at least this one is more significant <laughs> than the Aaron Rodgers pinky toe. And I guess Aaron had a pinky toe dislocation. Who cares? He's fine. Week five, 
coming into week four, five weeks after injury, week 14, he's going to be fine. No issues there. Now, Joe Burrow, as we went back and looked at film, we put up video here of you know him coming off with a grotesque finger and swollen, the whole deal. That did not happen on his touchdown run. That happened earlier when he reached in for a fumble on the play, and he finished the series with nothing on his hand. So that speaks to his toughness. Uh, the, the play right there where strip sacked and, uh, and the fumble is probably the strip sack, quite honestly, and or reaching in to get the fumble uh, where he uh, dislocates the, uh, the finger, continues to play the whole deal. I think a lot was made on the sideline of tape. I don't like this tape. A different type of tape. Don't like this. A black glove, white glove, this, that, the other. Bottom line is it's all about the feel of the quarterback, right, in terms of how he spins the ball and his grip. Thankfully, the pinky finger is the least important part. I know some quarterbacks that don't really even put their pinky finger on the football. Now, I don't know Joe Burrow's grip well enough. I'm not a quarterback expert. I haven't studied his grip. But it's not that important. People can throw buddy taped. You can even throw with the pinky finger numb. Now, some quarterbacks will tell you they can't throw with their index finger or thumb numb because they just have to feel the ball coming off. But, but pinky fingers, we've numbed up before. My guess is in the second half, at halftime, he might have gotten it numbed. He finished the game fine. Look, he may miss some practice time, this, that, the other. I don't, he's not going to miss any time. He's Joe Burrow. I mean, it's a pinky finger. Uh, he just has to accommodate and uh, yeah. play through. Doc, you tweeted something I thought that was interesting during the game, uh, if you can touch on it quickly here, about gloves. You said, in your experience, quarterbacks either like throwing with a glove or don't, and there's no in between. Yeah, either, like, I found it unusual. Like, there are, look, there are some quarterbacks that use gloves and some that don't. And yeah, there are some that, okay, for really cold games, I'll use a glove or this, that, the other for an injury, but it's a different feel. I don't know if you've ever thrown with a glove on and, and uh, what have you. Look, if you golf, some golfers can't golf if they don't have a golf on their offhand, right, or a glove. Or they, some golfers use two gloves. It's just the, the feel and the grip that they like. And uh, quarterbacks are no different. I mean, that's what they do. There's a certain way. Look, as a surgeon, you like a certain mask, a certain hat, a certain, you know, type of arthroscopy equipment or blade. It's just what you're used to doing and feeling. And, it's, and quarterbacks are very particular. Some will say, I just can't wear a glove. I want to feel the ball. And some people, depending on the weather and what's happening, like the, the, the tackiness of the glove and so forth. And it's very individual. But I will say this, you can't just throw a glove on and be ready to go. You have to practice with the glove yeah. and this, that, the other. All right, Doc. Well, another quarterback that's been getting beat up a lot, uh, another tough guy, Matthew Stafford. Uh, I, I heard something interesting. He hurt his sternum uh, on Sunday. I want to get your thoughts on that. But Stafford, who's been linked to a lot of different injuries over the past couple of weeks, report came, came out, <clears throat> I heard in the pregame, he, uh, he actually called his wife and said, listen, don't pay attention to any of that stuff. I'm not hurt. He said, it's just people making up excuses for my poor play. So, you know, Stafford's a guy I've always respected. I don't know why how people can't like him. I mean, he, he plays through anything. Now, do you think he's dealing with some of these injuries? And what about the sternum injury he suffered on uh, Sunday? Well, I just hope his wife isn't throwing a pretzel at all those people making up stories then. Uh, you know. <laughs> but no, look, here's the thing. I respect Matt Stafford because in the same way 
that I respect Philip Rivers. I don't know Matt. I met Matt Stafford once. I don't really know him. Um, but I can tell you Philip Rivers had way more injuries than was ever reported in the media. Mm-hmm. Okay? There were lots of things going on that weren't reported in the media. I mean, he was never going to put them out there. I mean, even when he played with the torn ACL six days after the knee scope, he didn't put it out there. A teammate did. I mean, he's not looking for excuses. And that's Matt Stafford. It's the game of football. Yes, he's hurt. Yes, he's hurting. It's week 13, week 14. 85% is a good week in a random week. I mean, everyone is banged up in some way, shape, or form. But let me tell you, as we look at the video here of this sternal hit, forget penalty, not penalty, whatever. He gets drilled in his chest, in his sternum. Look, that force is enough to break a rib, thankfully, or two. Thankfully, the sternum is stronger than that. But let me tell you, if it turns out that he has a significant sternal contusion or bruise of that bone, or if there's a hairline fracture, that lingers. That is a big, big deal. Now, I hope there's nothing that comes of this. Look, he came out for one play and then returned, played fine. It can get more sore. Uh, I'm going to feel better uh, once we get through this week and he suits up and whatever. That, that was a big shot. That I mean, Thomas, you know how the shoulder pads work. I mean, especially if he gets hit an inch lower, there's not a lot of padding there, you know, depending mm-hmm. on what happens. If he gets a sternal contusion, that, I mean, it's difficult to do a rib block for that. There's, it's just a matter of playing through, and it really can affect it. So jury's out on, on that one, on that injury. I, I hope it's a nothing, but that could be something to watch. Okay, and again, make sure you go to profootballdoc.com. We'll have Stafford and everyone else's six scores up this week. Go to at profootballdoc on Twitter, and make sure you subscribe to all our videos here on YouTube. Doc, I'm gonna. Who's gonna start at quarterback for the Giants this week? I, I in all honesty, I don't think Giant fans care, but we'll look at it anyway because we deal with injuries. <laughs> uh, I think they're about done with that team. Uh, Daniel Jones neck injury didn't start this week. Mike Glennon now dealing with a concussion. What are your thoughts on one of those guys getting back for for this week, or is it gonna be uh, Jake Fromm versus the Chargers? Yeah, Jake Fromm, not Jake from State Farm, right? Jake Fromm. Jake, Jake Fromm, Fromm from practice. Jake Fromm, the guy who beat out Justin Fields for some reason at Georgia. That jet Jake Fromm. <laughs> uh, practice squad from the from from Buffalo. Here's the the issue and the in the worry about um, uh, what's happening. Someone just tweeted and texted. It looks like uh, there's some more reports about what we've been saying: a multi-week absence for Daniel Jones. And there's some new reports coming out now. Daniel Jones hurt the second play, finished the game, right? And then neck was strained week to week. Neck strains aren't week to week. Day to day, maybe. Could it go a week or two or more? Yeah, but once they went week to week, and then the reports, he was not cleared for contact. That led me to think there's a disc and possibly nerve issue which is why I think he's out for a couple of weeks at least. Look, in the worst-case scenario, I mean, his career's not over. I mean, worst-case scenario, disc surgery, he'll be back next season. That's the worst-case scenario. I'm not calling that now. But I do think this is likely multi-weeks. And, uh, yes, he's on this trip, 
where the Giants are going from Miami. I've never seen this before. Lots of teams, if there's two games on the West Coast, East Coast teams will stay the week. But the Giants flew down to Florida, played the Dolphins, then flew from there to Tucson to practice at uh, the University of Arizona, and then flying to L.A. to play the Chargers, and then home. I thought that was interesting. Most teams don't do that. But that's why Daniel Jones was on the trip, because he's staying with the team. The team's Mm -hmm. not headed back. He made the trip. So I guess you could say that leaves hope alive, but I would expect that he does not play. And look, for concussions, it's always hard to judge concussions. And, you know, uh, Mike Glennon finished the game. Now, we don't have details yet of whether he finished the games without symptoms and then noted symptoms or someone else noted symptoms, or admitted to symptoms all along. But if the pattern is that he had symptoms after the game, whether they developed after the game, or whether they were still there after the game, that starts to bode poorly for him playing this game against the Chargers for a couple of reasons. The guys that come back quickly, look at Daniel Jones. He was knocked, he was off balance, but yet his recovery was quick. Ruled out in that Dallas game, but his recovery was quick. He played the next week. Mike Glennon clearly got hit during the game, but somehow after the game perhaps had symptoms. That's not symptoms disappearing quickly. That's starting to look like he's out at least this next week. And there's a logistical issue that's a little bit different. If this game, if the Giants return to New York, the Unaffiliated Neuro would already know about it, who's in New York area. Unaffiliated with the team, but there's a working relationship with the team doctors. This is what he has, this is his scores, this is what it looks like. You can start building the path and pattern to a return. He's going to Tucson. Who's going to examine him? Tucson doesn't have an NFL team. Then he's going to L.A., and then you're going to ask the guy in L.A., to examine him to clear him. Okay, but it's a one-off clearance as opposed to I see the progression, right? So there's some logistical issues there that are not as straightforward as normal. And with his having potentially symptoms after the game, or at least the discovery after the game, if I were a betting man and I'm in California, I'm not. I say it's Jake, Jake Fromm, the starter this week for the Giants. All right, well, Make sure we'll have the six scores up for the Giants quarterbacks and for you know everyone in that game versus the Chargers. Uh, reports are uh, coming out now, Doc, that uh, Daniel Jones is likely going to be out for Week 14. So what you're saying looks like it's going to end up being true. It's just going to be whether or not Glennon gets cleared from that concussion. Uh, Doc, let's go to another NFC East team right now. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles dealing with some big injuries. Jalen Hurts' ankle injury did not play this week. Gardner Minshew um, came in, played well, 20 for 25, 242 yards, two TDs against the Jets. Um, Miles Sanders hurt his right ankle in that game. The Eagles have a bye week. Uh, what are you seeing after that bye for Hurts and Sanders? Sanders, non-issue at all. Okay. Um, I think he got pulled from the game. Look, in week 12, he did tweak slash re-roll that right ankle. And we talked about it on the podcast and live on Twitter and profootballdoc.com and exited the game. This week, I don't think he was 100%, but no Jordan Howard, Boston Scott dinged. I mean, out of necessity, 
Miles Sanders was a workhorse. He did a great mm-hmm. job. But kind of later in that game, they were up two scores when he, he fell on it. I don't think it was a bad reaggravation, but got the scare. I think coaching staff just went, no, 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 come on, come on. We, let's, let's just get you right. We, we've got this game. We've got the bye next week. We can have Miles Sanders back at 100% or close to it for a week. I guess that would be week 15. 14, they play Washington. So week 15. It, yeah. That's a huge that game, ter- too. And it turns out to be a huge game. So yeah. I think he's going to be fine. And as far as Jalen Hurts, it's my belief, looking at video, and, and we talked about it, Boston Scott got pushed into, stepped on his ankle. Uh, there were some reports of a high ankle. I don't believe it's a high ankle on, on, on Jalen Hurts. I believe Hurts could have played this week, but more from the pocket. I believe that was a coaching decision. Not saying they don't like Jalen Hurts, but understanding the value of, of run past Jalen Hurts and thinking that they weren't going to be able to use him fully that way. Thus, give him the extra week. And it is real. Teams will look at opponents, okay? They're not saying the Jets are an easy team, although a lot of fans <laughs> would say that. But there is a big difference between a divisional opponent like Washington in conference versus an interconference game because you all know how the tiebreakers work head to head divisional record conference record right so that washington and uh, with philadelphia game has bigger meaning than this jets game and with the bye and whatever i think that was the decision all factoring in to rest jalen hurts this week i think he's the starter i don't think there's a quarterback controversy in Philadelphia yet, but you know, Eagles fans are Eagles fans. I mean, uh, you know, they can't decide. They 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 can't decide between Pat and Geno's. How are they going to decide between <laughs> the starting quarterback and backup quarterback? Well, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> and speaking of Eagles fans, Doc, I got one who lives with me in my home who has a special request just for you. My son, who plays center, his wears number 62. His favorite player, Jason Kelsey, left the game with a, what looked like a left foot ankle injury. And he said, make sure he asks Doc, is Kelsey going to be okay? Well... Kelsey ultimately will be okay, and having the bye week will help. Look, do I think Jason Kelsey is going to be 100% uh, come uh, the, uh, 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 the next game they play? No, but it's Jason Kelsey, and he's going to find a way to, to play through, I believe. Uh, look, I, I think it was a foot-slash-ankle, as you said, left, if I remember correctly. I didn't see anything that was horrific. He was seen limping a little bit to the locker room. Um, I'm sure he's getting some x-rays. Is it a list, Frank? Is it something else? Look, it's not an Achilles. The season isn't over. I don't think there's a fracture. Um, But, you know, it's Jason Kelsey. He'll find a way, I think. Yeah, the play after he went out, the the ball went flying over uh, Minshew's head. Uh, interesting note there: the <laughs> Eagles could have drafted Creed Humphrey, which who is the rookie starter for the Chiefs, who's a PIA, Pro Football Focus's number one rated center. But instead, they took Landon Dickinson out of uh, Alabama. So we'll have to see if Kelsey's okay to play. Uh, but they they probably made a mistake there whiffing on uh, Creed Humphrey, who looks like he's going to be a monster for years. Uh, Doc, one more quarterback suffered an injury Thursday. Um, 
I guess he's a quarterback. I don't know. I watched him play. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, he's he's a player. Uh, the Saints are saying he's a quarterback. Injured his finger. Uh, what do you think's going on there? Any danger that he won't start this week? Well, he's got the you got the video here, and it's a clear mallet finger where the tip of the uh, middle finger is really bent down forcibly. You know, common injury. It's similar to Russell Wilson that Russell Wilson had the mallet finger. It is completely different from Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson not only had the mallet finger that drooped, but the fracture at this joint here. Remember, Russell came back into the game and played a series, tried to throw, and then was out because of the two injuries. So because of that, you know, Taysom Hill's injury is not as bad as Russell Wilson's. The, the mallet part is similar. He finished the game. You can argue, was it him? Was it accuracy? Was it other things, you know, with the late interceptions? Here's my worry on Taysom Hill. There's no question it affects grip. Brady Quinn has talked about it a lot uh, when I've been on his, his show on Fox. Um, on Sirius XM with Rich Gannon, he's talked about it. Grip is so important with a mallet finger. And if these guys are saying that Taysom Hill, undoubtedly as tough as they come, doesn't want to give up his chance to be a starting quarterback. He finally gets to be a starting quarterback. He's not going to let a finger try and get in the way, but the question is, how accurate can he be? And accuracy hasn't been his strong suit in touch. How much will it affect it this week in practice? So although he can play, it would not shock me if they went with Trevor Simeon based on that factor of accuracy. And, you know, Sean Payton's creative. He'll still get him into the game. I would not be surprised if they saw a little platooning at quarterback, you know, uh, depending on the play that they're going to run. And if it's a downfield throw or a potential for it, that you, you know, you, you say Trevor Simeon as opposed to Taysom Hill. So there might be a mixture. It wouldn't surprise me. All right, uh, by that, that tells me that the Saints are in a lot of trouble. Uh, so thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for laying that out. Well, the Saints um, have had three, and this is heading into the game against uh, the Cowboys. They have posted the three lowest offensive six scores of the season. The only three sub-50 six scores of the seasons for a side. And that's because, you no know, Jameis Winston and Kamara and the tight end and obviously Linger and Michael Thomas, but also offensive linemen. And, uh, yeah, they're – and, uh, you know, if they're lucky, maybe they can eke over 50, but they're not going back up into the 80s or 90s anytime soon. All right, and again, go to profootballdoc.com for all those six scores. Doc, one guy we know who's out for the year now is Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens defensive back. Torres Peck, he's done. That's a big blow to their defense. A guy we thought was going to be out for the year, but now we're not so sure. Uh, Washington tight end Logan Thomas, it's been reported that they got some good news on that MRI that did not confirm uh, an ACL tear, which many people were predicting. Yeah, well, in-game, I mean, you see the tweet. Uh, I was hoping that he would be okay, right, that he got his foot out. Hyperextension, you know, bone bruise, contusion-type injury in the knee on a cut block. And you look at the play here, uh, it's a legal block. He goes low, and that the overhead camera kind of gets in the way there, but his knee hyperextends. But I think he gets his foot out. 
And here's another angle of the play here. But I think he get, got his foot out. Or what I would say is I would have thought the, quote, binding released in, in the skis, right? So to not tear his ACL. But then, uh, uh, and we posted that at profootballdoc.com and tweeted on it. And then during the, the Sunday night game, two of the most respected national reporters said, fear is, worry for, it's going to be ACL, MCL. And this morning, Ron Rivera said, no, look, I am always happy to be wrong when it means a better outcome. And it's just video. It's not perfect. But I am thrilled to be, quote, right in this case, Coach Rivera saying that the ACL seems okay. And uh, look, normally you're supposed to tell. Uh, I never had an ACL that I didn't know coming off the field or the sideline based on exam. And we always would say, we're waiting for the MRI, but we knew and always would confirm it. In this case, I'm thrilled that it went the other way. And I don't know if the source didn't know or I don't know what the heck happened, but I'm happy for Logan Thomas. But this does not mean he's playing next right. week in week 14, okay? Um, hyperextension, bone bruise type thing. I don't think his season would be done, but that's certainly a far cry from playing this next week. And we'll have to see the, the announcements as they come. I hope a great result would be to miss some time but avoid, well, he can't go on injured reserve because he's already been on it once for his hamstring. So book it, Logan Thomas won't go on injured reserve because if he goes on injured reserve, his season would be over. That you can't come back in three weeks a second time. He already did that once with the hamstring. So they're gonna have to carry him. So Logan Thomas will not go on injured reserve. The question is, does he miss two games, three games? Does he? I think he's got a chance to make it back before the end of the regular season. And right now, Washington's a playoff team. So uh, at least the season's not over and it's not grueling rehab leaking into the start of next year and the whole deal. So hopefully the good news keeps coming on him. And, and yeah, I know I, I, ca- I caught some flack from some fans there, Thomas, when he said, well, I thought you said he would probably be okay. I was like, well, it's just video. But that's also why we don't delete tweets. If we're wrong, we're wrong. We'll own it, right? And here it is. Um, it's just video. Right. But in this case, we're happy to have some good news. Yeah. And Washington red hot. So hopefully Thomas can get back with the team soon. So, Doc, what the heck's going on with Joey Boza? The you know, he he goes to the locker room uh, eight minutes later. The PR says he's being checked for a head injury. Then about 45 minutes after that, he's back on the sidelines. And then uh, 20 minutes after that, he's ruled out for the game. And a couple minutes after that, you see him in street clothes. Brandon Staley said he kept Boza out because of his concussion history. He's had, he had two last season, one November, one in December. Uh, what are you making of all this? Well, as I always say, if something doesn't make sense from the outside, it's just that we don't know all the fact pattern. From the inside, it usually makes sense. And from the outside, I was saying, look, he went in for a concussion check. At about 25 minutes, I said, he's done. It doesn't take that long to be cleared. And I think it was closer to 50-some minutes, he comes back onto the sideline in uniform. And I was like, that's unusual, is what we tweeted and said. It didn't make sense to me at the time. Now, I wasn't saying the Chargers were wrong or doing something illegal. I was just saying it didn't make sense. The fact pattern didn't fit. 
So it turns out he came back on the sideline because he was cleared from a concussion. So it's legal for him to be there. But as it turns out, Brandon Staley and company made the decision. And let me talk about that distinction. So, look, we're not going to have you come back. And we tweeted that last year he had two different concussions last year. And we know concussions can be additive and the whole deal. And perhaps Coach Staley also knew. He was taking care of his guy, but he also knew the others were playing well. And, and uh, yeah, they jumped up on Cincinnati. They let him back in. But then they kind of regained control. And, and, uh, uh, and he's looking out for players. But He's no dummy. He knows who he has there and, and, uh, and why Bosa's needed for the future, but also who was on the field that day. But here's the only thing I'd want to straighten out, and I'm not trying to call anybody out. When I first saw the report, the report said something like, as long as, from Brandon Staley, as long as I'm the head coach, I'm going to protect these players and I'm going to make the decision to slash be safe and this, that, the other. And I thought that was really strange because as we talked about earlier in the podcast, even if you're head coach, you stay in your lane. I never had head coaches telling me what to do medically. The actual quote, and I've seen it directly firsthand, was I'm the head coach. As long as I'm the head coach, we're going to protect players, this, that, the other. In other words, he had a conversation, I think, with the medical staff. And they said, what do you think? Well, he's cleared, but he does have a history of concussions. And they talk about it, and they go, okay. Because, look, do you really want your head coach micromanaging so much that during the middle of a game he's having a full-on 15-minute, you know, involved in the minutia of a discussion of Joey Bosa. No, you want him to be the head coach. He probably got a report from medical that said, he's cleared, but, you know, maybe we want to be safer. And the head coach says, good, do that. That's what we're going to do as long as I'm in charge here. I think that's more likely how it went. A head coach isn't taking time out from calling plays or looking at offense, defense, and situational football to get into a prolonged discussion. He probably looked at the head athletic trainer, Damon Mitchell, and or the team physician and said, what do you think? He goes, well, he can go back in, but remember he's got some history. And he said, that's enough. Let's just hold him out, right? Because they have a working relationship with each other. That's probably how it works. Okay. And uh, So he wasn't that. doing anything where I'm in charge and I'm the doctor and I know better. I think it was all within the confines of the team. Yeah, and uh, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. also uh, recently had two concussions a few weeks apart. So something else to watch moving forward. And again, we'll have all this covered um, at ProFootballDoc.com. So, Doc, let's get into a couple discussion topics here. The first one, I think, uh, the one that most people are talking about today is the Kenyon Drake injury. Um, you know, it was another, he had suffered a bad injury, his second in two years, but, uh, Drake, he, he went to Twitter himself and said, you know, when is the NFL, and I'm paraphrasing here, when is the NFL going to protect players outside of the quarterbacks? They're worried about taunting rules, you know, and this is the second year in a row I've gotten injured with a tackle where a guy pulled me down using his body weight. So as a doctor who's been in the NFL, um, do you think Drake is making a strong argument or have they, does the NFL do what, does everything it can to protect these players? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, by the way, I replied to Kenyon Drake's tweet. And I invited him to come on the podcast. Uh, I guess he's busy. He had an ankle fracture, so he's probably undergoing surgery and mm -hmm. out of commission right now. But 
we'd love to have him on in the future to, to give it the opinion. And I don't want to speak for Kenyon, uh, but I think he has a point. Uh, look, the NFL, no question, has gone to take care of what? The moneymakers, the quarterbacks, yeah. the headliners, right? You can't get them high, you can't hit them low, no body weight penalties, whatever. The NFL has protected players in the field. That's what the horse collar tackle's all about. You cannot pull a guy down from behind because of the high risk of ankle injury, ankle fracture and or knee injury, et cetera. But if you look at the video here, you'll see, and, and it's a little gruesome, you'll see his leg snap here. Yeah. 92 comes around and you can see he's on him and he swings his legs around trying to use his body weight to pull him down. I, that's a legal tackle right now. And you see his knee sort of hits his ankle as it, what we call externally rotates, breaks his ankle. And by the way, uh, for some of the people out there, so why do you throw the ball up in the air? Because the guy just had his ankle broken. And A, B, he knew his knee was down. And it's a human reaction. I mean, you know, so I don't give him any grief for the, quote, fumble. It wasn't a fumble anyways. He was down. But who can blame someone for their reaction with that? But here's the point, And I think he has a reasonable point. No question the league tries to take care of players in the field. No blindside blocks, right? And we saw that last night, too. Uh, the horse collar tackle. But in this case, uh, I don't even think you know this, Thomas. One of the other things that I've done in my time and career, I worked a lot for in rugby. I've uh, been the mm. USA rugby team physician for a long time. Uh, in 15s and 7s to uh, World Cups, uh, etc. And even traveled a bunch with them on the seven circuit and the uh, etc. Let me tell you, in rugby differences, a great tackle in football is considered a dangerous tackle in rugby. Rugby is more about wrapping because they're not pads and they're worried about X Y. You know, it's a little bit different. So you can't shoulder a player down. Lots of different things. One of the other rules that rugby has in a lot of leagues, Premier League, rugby, and Australian other things, is you can't use your body weight like that. What they call it is dropping the hip. If you go back to the video here, and I'm not saying this is dirty, but there's no question number 92 uses his body weight to make the play, but he's dropping his hip to like help pull Kenyon Drake down. And it's sort of the leg whip, and by leaving his feet... And dropping his hip, his whole body weight goes on Kenyon Drake, but then his body falls on the back of his legs. And so one thing I think maybe the league should look into is saying either you have to keep your feet or you can't drop your hips like that. Just like they try and legislate defenders, you can't use your body weight to land on the quarterback. Perhaps it's you either have to keep your feet or you can't drop your hips where you can't land on the back of someone's legs when you're tackling somebody. Uh, and in combination with that, to be fair, um, if you're in the grass, perhaps a quicker whistle, right? And then to make it fair on all sides. I don't know. But I think I'd love to have Kenyon Drake on. I think it would be an interesting point of conversation. I'm not a rules analyst, and I don't want to create a rule that you know is unenforceable or players are going to revolt against but I, I think he has at least has a point to look into it they've done it in rugby uh, I'll bet it's different sports but that is a mechanism for injury 
And maybe if you stay on your feet and don't drop your hip down, maybe it takes away a few of these. All right, well, that'd be great if he came on the show to give us his perspective. Hopefully we can get that done. Um, Doc, I know one of our uh, Twitter followers has a que- had a question about Cam Akers, uh, the Rams starting running back who's been out all season. He, he posted some video of him running, um, got some people excited, but you were kind of like, well, pump the brakes here. Uh, what did you see from that video, and do you think Akers will be able to come back in the playoffs? Yeah, and, and, and I promised uh, someone we'd address this on here. I forget the guy's name. I apologize. We'll put up his tweet here. Uh, he's a bona fide Rams reporter. Uh, and here's the thing. He looks great. He's recovering very, very well. But even on the video that I see, he's not nowhere near 100% yet. Can you hope that he'll get there in another month? Look, he'll get better. I mean, he gets an A-plus on his work and for his rehab. But the game of football is not that easy. And this much of a difference is the difference between a pro bowler and someone who's out of the league. And I just don't see how Akers can... Could Akers come back and play some football? Yes. If the, but that would mean the Rams are really that desperate a less than 100% acres, you know, a lot of things happened to Daryl Henderson, Sony Michelle. Look, yesterday we saw the example. All week last week, we were relat- I was relatively pessimistic on Daryl Henderson. Even though Sean McVay came out early week, said he's going to be fine, and he was in some practice. And then late week, the news started getting worse. And then come... Uh, game day. Oh, he's going to be activated. And I'm like, yeah. And we, we did a lot of uh, Twitter, Periscope, and other, you know those things. And so who would play? I said, well, look, if I had a choice, I'd go Sony Michelle. I would not go Daryl Henderson. At best, it's a split. There's no way it's all the way Henderson. Henderson didn't even run the ball once, but he was active. And that was probably a numbers game in terms of who can you activate or not. Could he have been the emergency guy? Maybe. Could Cam Akers play that kind of role? for the Rams in the playoffs and down the road? Maybe. I just don't see Cam Akers as, you know, being the guy, 20 carries, dominant. I don't see how he's going to be better than Daryl Henderson or Sony Michelle. So no offense to Cam, but if Cam is playing for the Rams, that's bad news, not good news. That means the people ahead of him are hurt and not getting it done. So I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he can... Excel, but I, I wouldn't get too excited about that yet. Okay, well, we'll have to see how it goes, but probably wait until next season before Cam Akers can get back on the field. Uh, Doc, before we leave to here on this podcast, I have to get your thoughts on one of the great things I've ever seen. <laughs> it's been talked about all over the place. Uh oh. <laughs> Brian Kelly. The former Notre Dame head coach gets the job at LSU, shows up in Baton Rouge 24 hours later with the worst Southern accent since James Vanderbeek played John Moxon in Varsity Blues. Uh, Obviously, this was talked about all over the place. So let's do what we do best. Let's get a medical opinion here. (laughs) Can a person's voice change that much in 24 hours? 
Well, uh, obviously it can because it did, right? And I actually saw a hilarious video. I don't know who did it. I wish I could credit them. They had some surfer dude on, on the beach saying, if Brian Kelly got the USC job, he'd be speaking like this, right? And, yeah, and it was, was kind a lot of, of those funny. floating look, around. Look, look, first of all, look, I grew up in L.A., Southern California. I went to school on the East Coast in Boston, outside the Boston, okay? And there's no question I picked up a little bit of an accent over time, over time. I mean, as we joked, you know, uh, uh, I parked my car in Harvard Yard, went to a party with my daughter, and had some pizza, right? Where there's an R, you make an A. Where there's an A, you can make an R. You can figure that out, right? But maybe he was trying to fit in. Maybe he was trying to. But it's not unintentional in 24 hours. I mean, you don't, I mean, you know. Now, yeah. we've seen lots of people... I've had friends live in Boston, had that hard accent, live in California, lose the accent, but they go back for 24 hours in Boston and they get the accent again, right? But I don't think Brian Kelly was from the South ever, so uh, that it, accents can be learned, but, I mean, that one wasn't unintentional in my... But right. to his credit, maybe he was just trying to fit in. I mean, you know, you want to... <laughs> you say... You say Dress like your boss, right? And, you know, you want to talk like your constituents. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it's not unintentional is all I can say, but I'm not hating him for it. I just, you know, it is what it is. Well, it was funny, so we'll leave it at that. Um, I could watch that video a thousand times and laugh every time. <laughs> well, Doc, it was uh, another great uh, podcast, great insight. Make sure, everyone, go to profootballdoc.com. We'll have an announcement coming soon. And at profootballdoc on Twitter. And make sure you subscribe to all our videos. We'll be all over the NFL injuries this week. Doc, take it easy. I'll speak to you next Monday. Thank you, Thomas.